Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Daddy No. Episode number 18, day number 129 of being a stay-at-home father. And uh, you didn't just grab all my notes. I appreciate that, son. Thank you. It's, uh, it's all right. It's the podcast coming out late. We already we did the podcast, and then the audio kept messing up. So we're doing it again for the second time. So I'd like to thank you, son, for being patient but i think you like doing this because every day you're like as soon as i get on the computer he's like podcast I'm like no no don't pull on it don't pull on it you're gonna break it all right did you poop yeah it smells like you just pooped right now are you sure are you lying to me stand up hold on we just started this and i told him to come over here because he was hiding and yeah you did yeah you did why you lie to me man come on you can't lie to me jeez dude come on am i one yeah, I wish I had a monkey wand to make that disappear and teach you how to use a toilet. And there he goes off to finish probably what he was doing in his pants. And uh, I guess that's a failure on me as a parent because uh, he's about to be four in two weeks and he's still doing that. He pees in the toilet, but again, he refuses to poop. But hey, if somebody will wipe your butt for you, why not? He's standing in the corner. I guess I'll just let him finish. Because he's looking at me and looking at the television and just, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Poop. Poop because dad's going to clean your butt, right? Yep, failure as a parent. Uh, but day 129 and uh, still going with the potty train thing. It's just been one of those days, man. Just been one of those days with the podcast, podcast messing up and my daughter woke up and she was on the original one that I had recorded. I'm going to try to salvage as much as I can out of that one, but uh, it messed up a lot. So, I don't know. She was on that one a little bit. Just funny funny story about her before I get into what we're going to talk about today. Oh, two quick things. Larry Garza, uh, if you guys know Larry Garza, he is from Comedia Gogo, a very funny comic. Here out of San Antonio, went through surgery last night, and he's doing well, reported by his wife, and uh, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear Larry's doing good. He's very loved. He just did... A, a new album there at uh, Bang Bang Bar here in San Antonio. So good news, Larry Garza is doing well. Make sure to go check him out at Comedia A Go Go, which they're a really funny uh, group of guys. Of course, he's a funny stand-up comedian as well. Also had a duo with Regan, another guy that's funny. Uh, them together, but now he does it solo. I think he still does. They still do the duo, and he still works with Comedia Go Go. Got very funny movies as well, but. Larry Garza is doing well, so that's good to know. If you don't know who he is, go check him out again at Comedia uh, Go Go. Send your prayers his way, your good vibes, your energy, whatever you believe in, send it his way. Um, my daughter, <laughs> she, I found she's starting to get into her own little personality. She's about six months. And uh, my son, what he did was he had, he loves Legos, right? He loves the big Legos. And he built a dinosaur, a robot, and like three buildings, right? And he has it all here in the middle of the floor. I kept telling him to pick him up, but he's so proud of him. And I, actually, I'm very impressed. He's only three doing that. Can't use a toilet, but knows how to build dinosaurs and robots and cities with Legos. So he has them there in the middle. And my daughter 
goes crawling towards it, right? Because she's, she's in that crawling phase and grabs the dinosaur. My son freaks out, goes to pull out of her hand. Dinosaur splits in half. He freaks out. Bad baby, bad baby, yelling at her, right? Then takes the rest of the Legos out of her hand. She gets mad, like, I can't believe. Like, ah! like she did one of those at him. It got mad, like, I can't believe you took the Legos out of my hand. I was playing with that. And as he's trying to fix it, I'm just watching the dynamic, right? Because I'm, I'm, yes, I am a parent, and I'm try, but I'm trying to figure out their dynamic too. So I study them a little bit, and I just stare at them. And so as, and this was on the first podcast, as I'm watching this, right, she goes to the middle and decides to just rip up all the, like she goes to the middle where all the buildings are and the robot, and then just flails her arms going, ah, and knocks everything over and breaks it off. And my son freaked out like I can't believe you broke all my work bad baby bad. and then of course I went to go pick her up before he can try to hit her or anything like that but when I pick her up and I look at her she's just smiling like she did it on purpose like I broke your stuff don't you ever mess with me brother and my son was devastated and I was just like you are vindictive like wow you planned that out a little bit like you were like oh really you're gonna take away the Legos from me well, I'm gonna destroy everything that you love right here and just d destroyed everything. I was like, it's all right, son. You can build it bigger and better. And then that was an hour of uh, calming him down. So again, it's been a fun day. It's been a very fun day. And a little bit inside, just because he's been kind of mean to me, he's been mean. Like he was here at the very beginning of the podcast. I called him out and pooped and he went to the corner and pooped. And now he turned the corner. So he's probably watching TV now. I should go change him. I am going to go change him. Hold on. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. It's like, man, put like, oh, my God. Like, it's just huge lumps of, like, ugh. Like, if I took half of my stuff and put it in a diaper, that, I hope you guys aren't eating right now, but that's, oh, my God. It was, ugh. It was like a solid turd, but then somebody put it in a blender and then poured it in a diaper, right? But not, like, put water in it and made it a little bit liquidy. No, it was like smoothie thickness with the funk of just going to a festival and a porter potty and i feel bad for my daughter because she's still taking a nap and i went to their room and changed them and now it smells like that. i threw the diaper outside of course i threw it in the dumpster outside or not the dumpster the trash can outside and it still smells like that and uh this podcast is is starting off how the day's been going so that's good uh, that's good. And now that I think about it, I'm kind of glad. After changing the diaper, I wish he could build it all again. And I would destroy it with my daughter. And we'd both laugh. Be like, yep, this is what you get for pooping in your diaper and making your sister mad. This is what you get right now, son. Oh, well, that's sad. Everybody's like, I feel bad for your son. He's a, he's a good kid. This is why we listen. Well, he's not even here right now. He's now went back to the team. He's like, let's go back and podcast. And he was like, okay. And then I came and sat down. And then he ran to the television. Because that's what he does. And I've been taking away the television, but it's not, it, it's just, he just yells and yells and yells. And I got a headache and I gave in because I'm a weak father. Ugh. So that's how we're going to start the podcast off. Um, so today, uh, we talk about, of course, Muhammad Ali, the greatest athlete ever. Greatest ever. Um, we're going to talk about my gigs or the gigs that didn't happen last week. Future gig that I got coming up. Uh some plans that I got or plans that are working out, hopefully. Some funny stories about my jobs that I used to have. As I said last week, I was going to talk about that. 
this tunnel in Switzerland, which is the longest tunnel ever. They started building in 2001. It's like 50 kilometers long. We're going to talk about that. And, of course, the results from the Democratic uh, delegates from California and a few other states um, with Hillary and Bernie. So Muhammad Ali, as everybody knows, passed away, the greatest athlete ever. And he is the greatest, not because only what he did in the ring, but also what he did outside of the ring. Um, Muhammad Ali is one of my heroes because of his truth. He stuck to what he believed was true. He was taken out of boxing for three years because he didn't go and fight in the Vietnam. And he didn't, he wasn't a draft dodger because he didn't go to another country and his daddy was not a congressman or senator or a big businessman to get him out of it. No, he went and said, I'm not going. And he could have gone to prison for that. They didn't let him fight and for three years and that was in the prime of him I mean, he was a champ and he was in the prime of his life and he that that's when he would have done his best boxing and they took that away from him and he didn't know what was going to happen he didn't know if he was going to go to jail he didn't know if it was going to be forever he couldn't box but for three years he couldn't box because he believed so wholeheartedly in what he believed that no this is this war now he could see through the war and what it really was and he could see uh, what was happening here, of course, for I mean, just what he did for, for his not only his own people, but for everybody, for all minorities, all all, all groups, what he did, um, it, it spoke to everybody. You know what I mean? For against bigotry, and he fought for that to to fight for your own truth. And and this isn't a time that's crazier than today. Like people think it's crazy today because what happened in California? You saw all those people, protesters who were. Uh, Throw like that one lady that throwing eggs at this Trump who was supporting Trump and people getting punched in the face and fighting and we're thinking, oh my God, this is nuts. And then of course before that, where a Trump supporter uh, punched a kid in the face while he was getting kicked out and then that kid gets arrested and people are like, oh, this country is nuts right now. It's crazy what's happening politically, socially, everything that's happening. This is the craziest time. And I, not yet. I don't think it's the craziest times. The 60s were crazier. I mean, if you think about it, uh, when Muhammad Ali did this, at the same time you had, uh, or a little later than that, uh, you had, of course, uh, JFK gets assassinated. His brother RFK gets assassinated. Malcolm X gets assassinated. Um, MLK, I mean, all these head figures of a new movement get killed. Killed, and nobody knows who did it. Well, I mean, they... they Okay, whatever. What do you think you know or don't know who did all these, right? Um, of course, MLK, they, they don't know. Well, anyway, I have my opinion on it, but I'm not going to get into that. But these times are great. And then for him to come out and, and talk the way he did, not only like I am the greatest, but the way he went against, he go, where he said, uh, the Viet Cong, they my enemy, you're my enemy, the white man's my Like when he came out and said that in such a, at the time, of course, it is a little bit now, but not as much as it was segregated culture and, you know, that, that whole separate but equal to come out and say that and speak your truth. And I mean, that takes. Wow. Like, wow. Imagine an athlete as big as Michael Jordan coming out against what's happening right now, like coming out against the NSA and coming out against, you know, unjust wars and coming out against. Uh, the banking system, the banking cartel, like saying all that and have Michael Jordan type of fame. Like that's the level that he was at and speaking his truth. 
which is, I mean, wow. I don't know if I could do anything like that. Like I'm working hard at comedy, but to think, you know, you know, five, whatever years from now, I become where I want to become and I'm doing theaters and then I say something or I go against what the government wants or politicians want or whatever it wants. And they say, all right, you cannot tour anymore. You have to stay in your city. You're you're on a no-fly list, so on, so forth. And I can only do open mics or whatever to to hold my crap. And I don't know how long it's going to be until I can get back on stage. And I'm doing this just because of my truth, what I believe is right. To do that is, wow, I don't know if I'd have the balls to do that. So Muhammad Ali, rest in peace. I hope everybody uh, gets... Uh, the truth of, of anything like what he did I mean what that what I got from it is he spoke his truth and to keep doing that uh, did I mention this is a comedy podcast yeah this is a comedy podcast nice the other one that I recorded before I talked about Muhammad Ali it was a little shorter um, now that one wasn't funny either no okay good it wasn't supposed to be funny it was supposed to be something real somebody something what I actually felt so last week I was supposed to do shows at Ralphie or LOL for Ralphie May. Didn't do those shows. Got kicked off the show. It happens sometimes. You know what I mean? He decided he wanted to do a two-person show. And, uh, yeah, you can't do anything about it as an opener or a feature. You kind of, it's not your show. It's the headliner show. So all you got to do is work your way up to become that headliner status, which sucks because I needed that money and uh, I like doing shows for big audiences. It's nice. And then the Wednesday show got canceled at LOL and the Sunday show got canceled at LOL. So I had a bunch of shows get canceled, which really really sucked because not only did I need the money but of course you know you're like I love what I do but it seems like stuff like that happens not shows getting canceled or me throwing off shows but like little things that normal people would be like man just quit like just ugh, I can't believe you still do this and that proves that you really love what you do I think like 15 things bad will happen in a row you know what I mean whether it's that and then just other little things will happen in a row or even you'll do the gig and at the end of the gig you don't get paid or you do a gig at a bar and it's just horrible or you do a gig and it's like six people in the audience or um, you know somebody's offended by your joke and they start telling you about it or somebody thinks oh I don't I don't like your joke uh, and they just crap on it or whatever like a bunch of like 15 things like that will happen in a row and then you have one good show that's just like Ah, this is why I do this. This is why I love what I do. This is why I'm going to keep going. Or you find that new bit, just like, oh my God, this is the perfect bit. I love this bit, this joke. It is, I love, like you just, you just can't, it's because I have one of those right now. I'm really excited about a bit I have, but just like, oh my, like that feeling. And that's what keeps you going, which is crazy. That's like what, seven and a half percent of the time is good and the over 90% is bad. But um, it's, uh, it's a, I guess, a hunger for failure. You got to have a hunger for failure because if you don't have that hunger for failure, you're not going to succeed in, in what you want to do. And in stand-up comedy, that is a lofty dream there, my friend. That is <laughs> to think how many comedians are out there, you know, to think how many people will really want to do it. And you can't just do stand-up. You got to do acting and you got to do podcasts, which I really like, and, and YouTube. And you got to do you gotta, where are your films and where are your sketches and where are your um, whatever, you, your pilots that you got to feel Like you got to do like nine different things. You can't just be a stand-up comedian. So it's um, it's 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 uh, you got to love it. You got to love it. And I do. I, lo- I had a plan. The plan was 
I was going to work my butt off and get my wife through occupational therapy. Once she becomes an occupational therapist, I was going to quit my job and then become a stay-at-home father and do stand-up, which I'm doing right now, which I was scared. I was scared to do, and we're doing it right now. And yeah, it's uh, we don't have cable, and we've been down to one car, and we cut down the phone bill, and we don't eat out as much or buy clothes, but... You know, we're, we're sacrificing, maybe selfishly for my own dream, but she loves what she does, and I want to love what I do, and the sales jobs were killing me. I mean, I went, I did gym memberships, uh, which I was making good money. Um, I got fired for that job. I don't know why. I know I got fired. I was a horrible person. Uh, well, I stopped, not that I was a horrible, I stopped being a horrible person, because I was selling a lot of gym memberships, but the way I did it was, uh, it was a big gym. Uh, Lifetime Fitness. So, you know, it's a nice gym, right? It's expensive. It's like 80, 100 bucks to get in there. And like these ladies would come in, these overweight ladies, and I'd ask them all these questions like, why do you want to work out? Why do you want to lose weight? And they give me all this personal information and I'd use it against them like a piece of crap. I would show them the place and then I knew it was going to happen. I'd come back and I'd just start signing them up and they'd be like, oh, well, we don't, we, I want to think about it. I want to think about it, right? And so I'd be like, well, what do you want to think about? Hmm? Remember you told me A, B, and C? Remember you told me that? So what's going to happen is you're going to go home and think about it for a month, and then you're going to come back 10 pounds heavier, and that's going to take you even longer to lose that weight. So let's stop. Let's get off this little train that we're on, and let's go phone in circles, and let's get you on the right track to lose weight because I'm not going to let you do that to yourself. And I would mess with the men. I had a few ladies cry on me, and I'd be signing them up, and they'd give me their credit card as they're crying. What type of horrible person does that to people i was just like ugh and uh, i had that whole situation where uh, i went a little crazy and uh took too much uh opiate vicodin and passed out and woke up a different person and i didn't want to be that person anymore and it was messed up i tell those ladies i'm like now bring a friend because you know you're not going to come here by yourself you need to bring a friend to work out with and i'll give her two days free and then she'd come in and i'd sign her up that day be like listen if i give you two days free you're not going to do it okay you need to sign up today with your friend and then they'd sign up some ladies lost weight one lady lost 80 pounds i feel good about that but most of them just never came back and they were spending 100 bucks 80 bucks a month on that but i didn't want to be that person anymore and i stopped selling a lot of gym memberships and they fired me and then uh, I became a ugh, another one, became a lobbyist. Well, I worked for a lobbyist and I went door to door and I talked to, oh my God, I went out in the middle of Texas to the hill country going door to door and I had to talk politics with these dudes who look at me and didn't know what I was and I hear the most racist things, not only, I mean, about our president, about Obama, but about me, like just to my face. Like, I've never heard so many, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? I've never heard so much of that in my life. And it makes me understand what's going on right now politically, why why people think the way they think. It's a whole different culture. And whether you are believe what they believe or don't believe what they believe, they believe it so wholeheartedly. Like, I've talked to these dudes, and some of these dudes, uh, especially in the real, there's some, they're rich dudes, like, rich dudes like oil money and stuff like that and they're ready for a civil war so those guys were were scary but i thought if i could do that if i can go door to door for two years doing that type of stuff talking to these guys and i am not from that culture and they know i look nothing like them and i can if i can do that i can do stand i can go up in front of any crowd because those guys scared the crap out of me you know what i mean like you'd see some some stuff out there like not just confederate flags like i knew don't go into this business 
because that's a Ku Klux Klan right there. Do not go into that business right there. Some scary stuff. Uh, and then, of course, on the south side of San Antonio, I remember one time I went into this place, which I thought was an auto shop. And I went, I go, how are you doing, sir? I'm with so-and-so. And I'm going to go talk to him, try to get some money to go fight for him, apparently. And uh, no, I saw a Lamborghini and a Porsche and a Corvette. I was like, these are nice cars in this horrible little run. Oh, this is a chop shop. And then all these dudes start like, like mafioso, like gangster looking Mexican dudes stand up and they're just staring at me. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, wrong place. And I walked out and I get in my car and they all walk out and I peel off real fast. And there are a bunch of them are walking off, walking out, scary looking dudes. I was like, all right. So, uh, yeah, almost, I thought I was going to get killed. Thought I was going to get killed. Yeah. And then I sold cell phones, which, eh. And then the last one was, uh, I did, uh, car sales. I, that was my last sales job before I started doing comedy or at least trying to do comedy full time, which was, I mean, it was good money. It was just a lot of hours and it was like right at the end, my wife is going to graduate. So I was like, just keep going. But what kept me there, because I wanted to quit, but what kept me there was my manager, Dustin. Dustin was hilarious. That dude taught me how to make things, even when it's a crappy situation, to make it fun. He, I, I had a bunch of, like some of the stories we he did, there was a lady and uh, his, her son, and the son uh, wanted to get the car appraised first. And I was like, well, let's go look, let's go look at uh, the the cars first let's go look at the cars first he's like no tell me how much my car is worth i'm not going to, my mom's not going to go anywhere right and i'm not getting anywhere with these people so they bring dustin in and dustin comes and talks to these people and he's trying to talk to the kid and the kid's like having nothing to do with dustin and won't even acknowledge him he's just talking to his mom and then dustin finally leans in and goes finger your ass for your trade and him and his mom stop and look up at him and they go what and Dustin, without missing a beat, goes, yeah, what do you figure you'll ask for your trade? And they were both thrown off like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, they knew what he said, but they were like, there's no way he could have said that. There was no way he had the balls to say that to us. I know even the whole way home when they're driving their new car, like, did he tell me to finger my ass for a trade? Like what? was that about like why would he he couldn't have said that and then another time i sold this lady a car and it was a corolla a brown corolla and she's a sweet lady right and her husband's sitting next to her husband doesn't really say much and she's sitting there and she's all excited and dustin comes up to us he goes ah so you got you got the corolla and she's like yeah he's like what color did you get and she goes oh it's brown and it's like a it's like a shiny golden brown, right? She goes, Oh, it's brown. He's like, Ah, so you like it in the brown. And this lady has no idea what he's talking about. And she goes, Oh, I love it in the brown. And he's like, Oh, I'm so excited for you. And the husband kind of knows what's going on because he's looking at Dustin like, wait a minute, what are you what are you talking? Is this this innuendo? Like, what are you talking about? And then Dustin looks at me and goes, So does, hey Josh, does your wife like it in the brown? I was like, Oh, you jerk. Why would you ask me that? I was like, no, she's not She's not really a fan of that. And he's like, oh, my wife, my wife also loves it in the brown. So congratulations on that one. And she was all, didn't, till this day, has no idea what he was talking about. And I was turning red, trying not to laugh. But he taught me to, to even though situations suck, you can still have fun with it. So I won't say where I, I work. People know where I worked. I know who Dustin is. But I won't say where I work because, uh, yeah, he'd get in trouble. But that was hilarious. And uh, shout out to Dustin if you ever hear any of the podcasts out there. My Xbox, crazy dude. But uh, yeah, those are some of the story. I didn't that one. I quit. So the last two jobs, 
Uh, I got, let me see, fired, quit, fired, quit. Yeah, so that's pretty much how it's been going. So, uh, shoot, I'm doing stand-up now. I hope I don't get fired. Well, uh, the good thing is about, about stand-up, when you get fired, there's usually another job uh, right around the corner, right? Maybe? I don't know. Hopefully. Um, the, oh, this is it. I don't know if you guys heard about this. It was the uh, the the tunnels. Yeah, the tunnel the, the tunnels in Switzerland. There's a tunnel in Switzerland that got made. It's the it started in 2001. It's the longest tunnel ever made. About 50 kilometers, 57 kilometers, right? That's not that like wow, what a feat for man. The weird part that I saw on that was before like the ceremony. Let let me. I'm gonna let you listen to some of the ceremony, and then I'll explain to you what they're doing in the ceremony. So let me explain to you exactly what was going on while this was happening. The tunnel is called, just to give you some background, Gothard Base. I'm probably saying that wrong. Gothard Base Tunnel. Uh, it started in 2002, and then June 1st of this year, it opened. And it's 57 kilometers long. It was built for trains to go through. It goes through the Alps, right? It's supposed to make go, go, go faster there in Switzerland. So people can travel faster, so commerce... Or whatever goods can go through there faster, but a lot of a, a lot of very wealthy people, a lot of well-known people, government people went to go because it was a big deal. Went to go check it out, and they had a, the grand opening or the not. I want to say inauguration. That's not the right word. You're dumb, Josh. Yes, I am. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, the um, the ceremony, the opening ceremony, was done by a man named Volker. Hessers, what's the stuff you heard? So what's happening is inside, it looked like inside the tunnel, there was two different events or something was going on, but there was like a dude wearing like a diaper and a big white baby head with wings, and then people were dancing around in diapers, and there was, uh, they had like a sheep, a statue of a sheep they had over their head walking, and then they had uh, like skulls with horns on them, like, like sheep's heads with horns on them, and then outside... They had these people dancing around wearing see-through cloth, like these linens, but it was kind of see-through. And behind them was an eye, and it was a big screen. In the middle was an eye, and then a bunch of eyes circling it like a spiral, like if you were going into a wormhole or something. And then later on, they have, again, a dude dressed up. It looked like the Baphomet, if you know what that is, where it's the goat head, the hermaphrodite with a goat head and stuff like that. It kind of looked like that coming down while they're screaming and chanting. And then later on, they show these three bugs, huge beetles, it looks like, in front of 
that same screen, but now that screen has a man with a demonic-looking face laughing with a, that, that same Baphomet skull-type thing as a helmet, wearing that. And then later on, there's a woman in a red dress pretending she's pregnant. And then at, towards the end, there's a something like it looks like really – they're well-dressed people in like black suits going up holding these scary-looking – like this looks like branches or tree limbs or something – and a kid dressed in white who looks like an altar boy, and they're going uh, a very occult-looking ceremony. And uh, the <laughs> maybe he just meant it. The dude's from Germany. Maybe he just meant it to be that way. Be like, I'm gonna poke fun of you guys. You hired me to do this, and this is what I'm gonna do. Uh, or maybe it really was like uh, some type of occult, like demon. I mean, I don't think paganism went, went away. I mean, people, it's just underground. And these people, I mean. They they hey they learn a different history. The, these these elitists, these people who are rich. They they, they have a different type of uh, thinking of the way the, the the world works, and they maybe this is just part of it. And then we see it, and we're all it's Satan, it's the devil. Look at it, it's the Satan and the devil, and because we, <laughs> we don't understand it, right? And not saying I want to understand it, right? Which is I should stop looking at stuff like that, but it just seems like I'm seeing more and more and more of it and it's just like it's normal now people see that and they make fun of it and oh that's norm kind of like what i'm doing oh that's normal that stuff like that happens all the time and it does i've seen a lot of it or like every year for mtv you'll see on youtube or somebody's channel where it's like the illuminati and then it's just all this devil stuff and even mtv came out and said joking around being like i wonder what type they put on their illuminati what we're going to do. So on one hand, they can either be playing like with it, like, haha, you guys think it's Illuminati. It's not. Or on the other hand, which people believe as well, is like now they're just out in the open about it, which I don't know. I don't I'm there's no way for anybody to be 100 percent sure unless you're in on it. Then, you know, but then again, in on what? So, yeah, I just thought that was weird. And I wanted to freak you guys out and play that audio. Yeah. And I was play, I was I was recording that audio and my daughter woke up. So uh, sorry for to my daughter for waking her up with that creepy music. Yeah, it was really creepy. So that that's all I want to get. Whether it is satanic or whatever it is, it it's weird and it's creepy and just it's weird and creepy. Like just like I'm into strange stuff. Like like watching like there's strange stuff I watch. I'm like that's entertaining. But then there's other stuff I'm like. There's something going on here that seems because they're too, like it, I don't know how it it, it it seems like it's a it's a ceremony. It it that's what it is. It's a ceremony. It seems too deliberate with the stuff they're doing. So I don't know. I the whole point of that is I don't know. Thanks for wasting everybody's time, Josh. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, Hillary won today. Came out Hillary won. That's a great transition. Hillary won the California and a few others uh, states. And Bernie says he's not. He came out and said, I'm not going to quit. I'm taking it all the way to Philadelphia. I'm going all the way is what Bernie said. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it looks like it's going to be Hillary versus Trump. And uh, I don't I, I wonder if they're going to let the libertarian um, in. I wonder if, if they're going to do that. And most people are like, who's the libertarian? Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson is a libertarian uh, presidential candidate. He won. He was the one last time as well. But if he's not led into the debates, it doesn't matter. 
But I wonder if we're going to have – because it worked out for the Clintons last time. Um, some people are not, might be too young to remember, but Clinton uh, and Bush, when Clinton first ran, her husband, not Hillary, her husband Bill Clinton ran against Bush, right? Bush is trying to go for his second term. Ross Perot comes in, and everybody made fun of Ross Perot. Ross Perot was the craziest dude, right? And they make, I remember in Living Color, they're making fun of him. Saturday Night Live, they made fun of him. You can't start a fire with a pig in a barn in a blanket. It's like, that's the type of stuff they would say. I remember Dana Carvey played him. But they would make fun of him and stuff. But he he was the libertarian guy, right? Billionaire and stuff. But a lot of people said that's why Bush lost because of him, right? Bush lost because Ross Perot came out and, and, and did that. Some say Bush lost because of the, you know, he, he raised taxes because of the Gulf War. A lot of other different situations. But the main one a lot of people say is because of Ross Perot. So I wonder what happens if he does get into debate, if it works into the Clintons' hands again, if... Putting a third party candidate does that or do because a lot of the Republicans don't like um, Donald Trump. The establishment Republicans as well don't like Donald Trump. So uh, I wonder if they go more towards uh, someone like like uh, Gary Johnson. I doubt it. I doubt it. But it would be let's see a third person in there. Let's see a third person. Let's see what happens. And or maybe the Clinton would be afraid that, oh, he's just going to get all the Bernie people, so we lose people. So who knows what's going to happen? Either way, 2017 is going to be a fun year, people. It's going to be a fun, exciting year. All right. Uh, Well, that's been our podcast. Let me see if my son wants to say anything before. Hey, I'm getting off the podcast. You want to say anything? Or are you just going to keep watching TV? Yeah, I'm going to keep watching TV. What are you watching? Come over here. What? Yeah, you're whispering. Nobody knows what you're saying when you whisper. What, is, what are you watching? I should probably know what you're watching. What are you watching? I'm going to go look right now. I'm going to turn it off. I don't like it. What are you watching? What? Penguins? Yeah, penguins. I watch penguins. Okay, good. All right, keep on. Okay, we're taking off. Or we're, we're signing off. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check us out uh, on iTunes. On... Okay, I was just hugging you. Say bye to everybody. Thanks for not being in this podcast. Man. I, I, oh, did you poop again? Yeah. I saw you picking it. Come here. Let me check you. Come here. I just changed you, dude. How are you going to poop again? Come on. You're not supposed to. Okay, you did. It just. You probably peed. Dang it, man. Come on. Ah, anyway, thanks, guys, for listening to another Daddy No, check us out on iTunes. Uh, that's uh, Joshua Kawasa, that's C-A-B-A-Z-A. On YouTube, uh, check us out. I put all the podcasts on there. Plus, every week on Tuesday, I put out a new uh, little video, like little promo. This last promo I liked. It was pretty good. It was funny. Um, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you guys think. So like it. Share it. Uh, like and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Make sure to check us out on SoundCloud as well. That's also Joshua Kawasa. Um Funny Man Comedy Works. That's one word, Funny Man Comedy Works on Facebook. On iTunes, rate us and comment. I didn't know that does stuff. I mean, I should have known. But, yeah, rate us and comment and and do that type of stuff. And I'll notice a lot of people who I know or who listen to us are on SoundCloud uh, didn't – they just created a page and then subscribe. Subscribe to my SoundCloud. So I have more people on there for some reason. But keep listening. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great week. I will see you, or not see you, but I won't see you at all. You'll listen to me 
next Wednesday. And sorry for the podcast coming out later in the day. It's just, again, second time doing this. Kind of frustrating, but hey, it's just one of those days. Appreciate Oh, and I never said. Oh, all right, I got to go with my daughter. She's screaming now. Um, I'm going to be headlining at Guns and Giggles. I'll put that on Twitter. Guns and Giggles, I'm going to be headlining that. It's a, it's at a, actually a gun store, which is crazy. Uh, I think it's owned by a gay black libertarian. Go figure. But uh, I'm going to be headlining that. I've headlined before, but only like doing like 30, 40 minutes. It's really going last out of after like nine comics. But this is actually like a headlining gig. My first official type of headlining gig. Uh, where I'm going to do an hour and uh, come check that out. It's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. It's a... Uh, MC feature and then me featuring is Al Gonzalez opening up is Josh Castro so come check that out it's going to be at Guns and Eagles I'll post it on Twitter and Facebook thank you guys for listening oh that's in Austin Texas thank you guys on Saturday jeez I'm horrible at this at 8 o'clock again thank you guys for listening to Daddy No we appreciate it share subscribe comment and y'all have a great week thank you